Welcome to a bonus series on the Life Giver Podcast. Made possible by the USO, these bonus episodes are from a monthly series called You're Leaving Again, where the USO is following Matt and I during our deployment, and we are sharing our authentic story with you. Whether you're going through your own deployment, our geo-batching, on an unaccompanied tour, or maybe getting ready to, this series aims to be the first of its kind. Real life, gritty, but resourceful content aimed to help you keep your marriage and family strong while you're apart. So whether you're a military spouse or a service member, this series is for you. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, or head outside for a walk and listen in as Matt and I share what we are learning apart with you. Um, hey everybody, it's Corey. There he is. Um, this is Corey and Hello. Matt Weathers. Um, Matt is deployed off somewhere and I'm back at home. And if you guys have been following along on the series so far, um, we're just happy to have you back. Um, and as a quick review, um, we just wanted to do something unique and different um, than maybe what you guys see out there, or what's maybe available to you when it comes to content on how to keep your military, not just your marriage, but your family strong and connected. And, um, you know, this is a crazy year for everybody for a lot of reasons. And so what we wanted to do with this series called Your Leave again, because that's what it feels like, right? Like just when you get the family back together, it seems like somebody has to go again and, and you have to face it all over again. Um, but we really wanted to do a couple things. We wanted to authentically share our journey and allow the USO to kind of follow us along on our journey of, of going through a deployment. Um, but we also wanted to share with you kind of what we're doing, some strategies that we're doing to stay connected. Um, I'm a licensed professional counselor that works with military and um, veteran families and couples. My husband is a chaplain. Um, and so doesn't mean that we have all the answers. And um, so we hope to gain some wisdom and some ideas from you guys as well. But really, this is just about us sharing our journey apart and, and that it's difficult and it should be difficult because you love each other and you don't want to spend time apart. And so um, we wanted to be honest about that and um, kind of normalize any feelings that you guys have. And also um, maybe be about sharing some of the resources that help us um, and some of the goals that are go that we're um, going through as well. So I'm going to let Matt, you talk here in just a second, but if you followed us um, through the other um, part of the series, this is part three. So we did one in October that was like all of those icky feelings, the tension before um, your service member has to go. Um, and then last month was um, just me with Matt chatting in because he was literally en route. And we were talking about ripping the bandaid and those feelings that you have after you have to say goodbye and how tough that is. And we talked a little bit last time about like, okay, once you have to start this thing, how do you kind of get a battle rhythm? How do you kind of um, face forward on the mission and be about growth individually and together um, and kind of go through those feelings that in the pocket of those feelings and then how do you start moving forward and so today we wanted to take some time to talk about a couple things one like we're going to give you a great update on how we're doing we're going to let you guys in on watching how how um, we communicate um, and really be authentic with that um, but we also wanted to talk about the holidays because um, that's really a tough time to go through um, when you're being a part to celebrate that as a family. And so this is recorded. So if you're watching this um, after the fact, you know, there's lots of holidays that you could go through during a deployment, TDY or whatever, and have to spend that time apart. And so I think this will be um, applicable no matter what season you're watching. So hi to my amazing husband from like across the world. It's so <laughs> great to see you. It's the first time hi. I've actually seen you today. So that's the smile oh, yeah. on my face. Oh is hi. Hi. That was a whole lot. Did you catch your breath? I know I did. Did you hear it? All right. I, I did. It was just, just really just a wave just it's coming just right so at handsome. me. It just took my breath it's away. Right at us. Um, so I, uh, yes, I am a U.S. Army chaplain. And because of that, I do need to give the disclaimer that, uh, any views that I present or that we present in the midst of this are those of me. And, uh, they do not necessarily represent the views of the department of defense or any of its components. So, good job. 
thank you. I'll put that script right underneath there. So <laughs> thank you to your friendly Jack. Your Jack um, officer. So uh, yeah, so U.S. Army chaplain, uh, getting to do one of the things, you know, I, I love being with my with soldiers, service members, uh, and making sure they're taken care of. The holidays for me are, are really interesting um, simply because, you know, as a chaplain, I get an opportunity to take care of people during the holidays and um, provide services. But I really, there's there's just something, and, and only if you've deployed or you've seen it, and Corey's seen it because she kind of got to see it when she went on her 2015 holiday tour. You really just get to see people come together as a family because we're all separated. And um, whether it is, you know, I'm going to step off camera and show something. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> For those of you who don't know. And what here he's... I am. Oh my gosh, that was fast. So, oh. yeah. Well, I, it's, it's hanging right there in the office. So Corey and the boys sent this to me. So this is, this is about all the holiday festive cheer that I've got going in my office. I've got some lights that are hanging outside. But we, we you know, your service member um, is doing the absolute best, whether it is like a five-foot string of weird tinsel um, or just some weird wrapping paper, they're doing the best they can to make it the holidays. And it's, it's just kind of like a Charlie bound Christmas in most places, but you, you, uh, you get to enjoy it with your second family. And so while I miss my family, I also love being with the family that I get to choose to be with. Um, so, or that, that somebody else chooses. That I was about I'm to with, say, but I enjoy it. So. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't feel like it did. I don't feel like it did. But um, no, this is, yeah, there's only one other place I'd rather be, but uh, we're going to have fun. We're going to have a blast here for the holidays. So we're already starting to, to so cut up I, and enjoy that. So Can I just say that after almost 22 years <clears throat> of marriage that I love the fact that I still blush when I see you um, on Aww. like first time during the day to see you. So um, I was so glad that you were there because I was like, oh my gosh, I just turned red um, seeing you and getting to talk to you for real. So even though there's lots of so people if I step that are just off kind camera of, and then I know like you guys step see, off camera and come back. Are you going to blush again? <laughs> Wouldn't you love so. that? <laughs> yeah. So no, I will say, um, we are going to talk about that. We're going to talk about like, um, what, what do you do during the holidays? You know, like, um, mm -hmm. the big question right now, and this is why this applies, whether you're going through a separation or not. And Matt and I are going through a deployment, but you might be going through a TDY an unaccompanied tour. Um, I know a lot of TDYs have been shut down for right now due to COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, and some of you are geo batching for a variety of reasons, but we feel like this even applies to most people, um, who are having to spend time apart from family members during COVID and Christmas just isn't even feeling like Christmas anymore, at least this year. And so there's a lot of angst out there. I know I'm seeing in my counseling sessions, I'm going through that myself, that um, the holidays are just not what we thought that they would be across the board. And then you add to that, if you are going through a military initiated separation like this, um, it really is a downer for sure. And so we're going to talk about that today. Um, we're going to talk about like, okay, what can we do, you know, to embrace the holidays? Cause I feel like we're getting ahead. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here, but Mm -hmm. um, Matt mentioned that I did get to do a holiday tour with the secretary of defense. I think it was actually 2016, 2015, 2016, something like that. Um, and I did like get, it was in December. And so I got to see troops in Baghdad and, um, and in Iraq. And it was literally, I remember going to the mail room, like they were so excited to Baghdad's show Baghdad's in Iraq. I and no, well, I mean, that. I went Baghdad. to two places in Iraq <laughs> I also went to so, Afghanistan, um, Afghanistan that I saw, like, um, they had inflatables and that was all they had was an one inflatable yeah. Santa. That was it. Mm -hmm. And, and I remember saying to some of the troops out in Afghanistan, I remember saying, um, we were having just a conversation and we were talking about like, how do you feel about family being at home? And, and I had forgotten that it was December and approaching Christmas because there was no decorations anywhere except for one measly little strand of tinsel. <laughs> That was wrapped around like a, like a, a railing, a wooden railing next to the stairs, you know, or, um, or when I went to the mail room in Iraq, they were so excited to show me where the mail comes in. Right. And I, it was exactly what you said. I, like I walked in and there was like this one little tiny string of lights and they were so excited about that. And mm -hmm. I'm saying all that to say, it was really good for me to see that as a spouse, um, 
And I'll I'll tell you what I walked away from that, which I think applies for today. Because you did this for us, Matt, at the beginning of COVID, you said that back in March, when you were back home with us, you said in March, we have to enter into this COVID season thinking it's like a deployment. And during Mm -hmm. a deployment, you have things and you don't have things and you just Mm -hmm. um, adjust to what you don't have. And I I remember kind of like bouncing back to you on that and going, yeah, but I haven't been deployed, Mm -hmm. you know? And so like, it's hard for us to adjust to that. And now here we are in December And, um, it really is true that, um, I kind of envy if it's, if it's a, if I can say that I can kind of almost envy your situation of having the minimal stuff over there, the, 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 um, the little bit of it feeling Mm -hmm. like Christmas because here back at home and everything feels like it is available or could be available. Mm -hmm. And it feels like family are kind of within reach compared to maybe what it is Mm -hmm. for you. It almost feels even more difficult to say no to those things or to choose safety or to, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It's just like, it's, it's just, it's all in your face. Holidays are in some ways. And so it's harder to kind of, um, deal with both the feeling of it's the holidays and also deal with the reality of the holidays aren't really what they, what I want them to feel like. Does that make any sense? I think it makes a lot of sense. Sometimes there's, um, option overload. Like the only scene that I really like from the hurt locker is when he's standing there looking at all the cereal. And when you come back from, you know, a deployment to an austere location or where, you know, um, you know, if you're in the Navy and you're hot bunking with somebody and, and your world is literally just very constrained and very contained, um, there becomes, you know, it's claustrophobic initially, but then at some point you just really appreciate how much is really stripped away and you appreciate all the tiny little things that end up happening and you begin to appreciate, I honestly think you begin to appreciate people a whole lot more. Because when you have options and places to go and things to do, you know, you really can keep your, uh, you can keep busy and stay distracted. But then when it's just you and those people that are around you and all the things that you've been doing, like, are kind of getting old, you know, you're no longer on your phone or, and you're, you're right there with the people right in front of you. I honestly think you begin to appreciate and enjoy them that much more. Uh, So you see what you really have and you become grateful for it. Um, I think gratitude and then you become grateful. Oh, gratitude is huge because you already like within a week after you've done a, you know, on your first deployment or your first, you know, TDY, you're already starting to make a list of, okay, I am never taking this for granted ever again. Like I am not taking for granted ever taking a shower without having to wear flip flops. <laughs> okay. So that is one thing. I mean, if you really want a shower situation experience has been, at home, been real there. For sure. Every, yeah, everywhere, like every time you go take a shower, if you're the supporting spouse, just put on a pair of flip flops. Okay. And, um, take, take all your stuff that you use in the shower and go put it in the far side of your bedroom (laughs) and then put it in a bag and then carry it with you into the shower. And then you have to put it back in a bag and take it all the way back. Don't leave anything in the shower because yeah. I'm so sorry, I'm can, laughing at you. It's you can funny. really jump into the experience. Um, but seriously, uh, your attitude, our attitude going into this season of living in a constrained environment will dictate our gratitude. It will dictate our joy uh, from all of it. And um, and there, there's stuff that we can learn. You know, you were saying, you know, back in March when I was saying this is, Hey, you got to take a deployment mindset to this because our options have become limited and many people's worlds have become that much more small um, or smaller. And, uh, and so when your world becomes small, your options become limited. You, um, it, it can become relaxing once you get over the hurdle. And um, we've been at this for three quarters of a year as a nation. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully by this time, we're actually learning to be grateful for the the little things around us, for the little joys that we have. I'm definitely appreciative 
And can I just say that I'm grateful that even though the deployments and the separations that we've gone through as a family have been hard and challenging for different reasons at different seasons, Matt, you and I have always gone into deployments, especially with mottos or phrases that kind of cast vision for us to help us kind of focus on growth and and try to end strong, you know, and one that you introduced during our second deployment was make Mm -hmm. it count, you know? And so it's interesting because now that we're going Mm -hmm. through this, all this with COVID and everything, I can now look back on those deployments and say, those, those, they counted for something. We learned something from those that are helping Mm -hmm. us now go through what we're going through um, with a mindset. And hopefully we can lead out um, Mm -hmm. with family members, external family members, as they're struggling with um, COVID kind of lockdown and isolation. That's something that we can gift our families with. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I think we're getting ahead of ourselves just a little bit. Um, so I thought what we ought to do is catch everybody up on how we're doing um, as a couple. Since you guys heard from us last, um, I, I can now tell you guys um, that the last webinar that we did, which was co- on ripping the Band-Aid, I can now tell you that literally I had to do that webinar on the day the day that Matt left. And so it just happened to be timed that way. So if you go back and look at it, if I seem a little bit tired, there's a good reason, good reason. So we are glad to be able to do things um, authentically. And I'm glad that I didn't weep through the whole thing. Um, But you know what, like, just to be honest, you know, I think there's a little bit of ripping the bandaid that kind of is like crossing a a really emotional finish line of like, whew, okay, it's done. Mm -hmm. And there's almost like a, it's a simultaneous energy surge and crash at the same time (laughs) that happens of like, we Mm -hmm. cross that finish line. So um, Matt, why don't you share with everybody? Cause you had to go through two weeks of quarantine before you even got to the location that you're at now. Mm-hmm. And so maybe tell everybody like, how are you yeah. doing? And then we'll kind of go into our own personal check-in. We'll just do a catch up and then we'll do a check-in. So, so what is interesting is, you know, you have that, you're having the experience of COVID at home in your, in your, uh, your home location in your state in your city. And you don't really get to see the impact that it's having globally. You hear about it on the news, but you don't get to see how the local population that you're moving in and around is having to react to it as well. So, you know, first getting here and then getting to our quarantine location uh, really was powerful to be able to see that, um, to be reminded in a visual way that what we're going through is this huge global universal human experience that no one who has lived and rem- will remember, you know, 2020 um, we'll forget. And uh, just to be able to see that on a, on a global scale was humbling um, and also rather kind of inspiring because the, the people that we were moving in and amongst um, were having the same sort of protective response over their population and their culture that we were having back home. And so in a way, it was actually rather inspiring to be able to see that people are coming together in different locations in order to fight against this unseen enemy that we've been struggling against. So that was encouraging. Um, quarantine initially started incredibly boring, um, because, you know, if who we are on camera is pretty much who we are in real life. So if we seem rather energetic, that's pretty much what we are anyway. Um, I could, I could say that, you know, if Corey Weathers were an animal, um, she (laughs) might probably be a hamster on a wheel. So (laughs) a cute cute little hamster, um, just chugging away. Wait a minute, wheal, wait a minute. what are you then? Yeah. What animal huh? are you? Uh, probably a kangaroo. a kangaroo. Probably a kangaroo. <laughs> yeah. That's because great. kangaroos don't go in one location. I'm just bouncing all around. Right. I'm, so, but, I thought kangaroos were yeah. vicious. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, so you're not a hamster. You don't look like a hamster, but uh, moving into quarantine and having to slow down was unnerving for a couple of days. And I mean, even slowing, slowing down from being on a restriction of movement from before we left. Uh, but it was at that point in time, you begin to look around and to make connections with the people that you're going to be doing life with. And so our little group that we, we arrived with and did our quarantine with you know, we call ourselves ROM, restriction of movement, call ourselves ROM too. And even though we've arrived at our final location, we still grab d- dinner together and laugh. And they're even talking about uh, grabbing little sweatshirts and, you know, having little sayings. So you, 
you really start to kind of go crazy together and enjoy that little bit of deployment insanity. Uh, so people that have done a deployment understand what deployment insanity is. So um, I was able to really kind of begin to focus once we were able to use the gym, was able to start focusing on some of my goals and, uh, and as well as, you know, going to the dining facility and begin to make healthier choices than I was probably making when I was back living at home. And so you begin to, uh, you know, Corey was saying, ripping the bandaid, it's like crossing, crossing a threshold, crossing a point and, uh, and getting, we talked during the first one about being on mission. And so it was actually nice to go ahead and go, okay, all right, day one, get on mission, get on purpose, make it count because I don't want to, you know, you get to a certain point in age, you don't want to waste time. And you don't want to have just a day where it's just a day and you just made it through the day. You know, you just made it, you know, you got from breakfast all the way through dinner, you go to bed and what do you got? So don't waste your time. Don't waste your day. And, uh, and at the same time, enjoy when you actually have that downtime to rest and to relax and take care of yourself. So it was a, a beginning of getting in the rhythm of life on deployment. So. Yeah, that's what quarantine was like living in the tent. <laughs> so um, I think I've been thinking about this a lot because, you know, this is the first deployment that we've had since I wrote Sacred Spaces, since I went on that overseas trip that was supposed to really reframe my perspective of spending time apart and, and deployment and all that. And so I've been really trying to like really pay attention to what my thoughts are and what my experience of this um, this experience is like. You know, and so over the years, um, you know, I've talked a lot and I've, and I've had a lot of, um, family members talk to, not, I mean, service members too, but just families talk, couples talking about how, you know, when you're home and you're together and that reintegration process really is about reintegrating with each other and kind of getting back into that new rhythm together and, um, and, you know, it's a whole other topic of, um, can you get to a place where you can feel like that's the normal, like, and you're not just waiting for somebody to leave again. And I know that some of you that are listening, um, have really just a, a rapid tempo of deployments that you go through and it's really hard to do that. Um, but, you know, I, I know that the scary thing about ripping the band-aid, the scary thing about spending time apart is that once you've kind of integrated and you have this one life together, mm -hmm. you suddenly start kind of like going on these, um, let's, let me say it this way. The end result of spending so much time apart as a military couple, um, is that a lot of couples talk about feeling like we're living parallel lives. Like that's the end result of if you're spending lots of time apart, you get to this place where as a couple, you feel like, you know, you're doing your thing and I'm doing my thing and let's just keep it that way. Let's just keep it where I'm kind of running the home and in charge of the home and you're doing the work and, you know, and couples find themselves getting this place where it's like, well, this is not where I want to stay. This doesn't feel like marriage, but this is where the, the military lifestyle is kind of it's easier. It's easier to just keep it. Um, in this like parallel lives, but obviously what we want and what reintegration is supposed to be is kind of bringing all that back together and kind of having one path that you're on together. And so I think the scary part of this initial deployment and kind of getting your battle rhythm is you're starting to have these very different experiences. And Matt, you and I have been talking about this, um, in our phone mm -hmm. calls and, um, and in our writing to each other, which we'll tell you guys about, but we've already started to kind of have that experience of like having different experiences, you know? And so while mm -hmm. he's talking about like eating healthy and, and striving for those goals and like, you know, trying to, to use his time wisely, I found myself back at home, like really wanting that. And, mm -hmm. but, um, my world didn't change. The schedule didn't right. change. The kids needs didn't change. In fact, you know, there was more and we have teenage kids. We're going to be talking in January on the topic of um, parenting, but our kids are teenagers now. So relationally, socially, that's um, asking a whole lot more, you know, and I can't as easily pass the baton to you if, if you're asleep, right? In the mornings, you've been super helpful, but um, so it was, I think, harder for me than I wanted it to be. It's not that I didn't mm -hmm. think it was going to happen. I kind of went into it going, I'm going to like, I'm going to seize the, seize the moment and I'm going to carve out this time for myself and go after these goals like you were. Mm -hmm. And I found myself not eating horribly necessarily, but just not getting the traction that I saw you getting on yours. And I was automatically starting to feel like, you know, 
you're getting ahead of me on your goals. And and how do I show that I'm going to reach my goals too? And feeling insecure about that. And um, one of our goals as a couple was um, that we wanted to stay connected by really working on um, kind of getting back to writing to each other. So, I mean, it's really easy. To, we've even found lately, it's easy for us to jump on a video call and just have a, a catch up conversation. Um, and that can too easily feel like, okay, we caught up and, and we've invested in the relationship. And I think what we wanted was, mm-hmm. you know, what if we take a more intentional effort to communicate to each other through writing, which kind of slows us down and makes it more intentional. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we'll tell you kind of, um, one of the resources that we're using to do that and why, but I mm-hmm. even found that like you were able, you had more time and more intentional, um, thoughtful time than I felt like I had, um, here back at home to really do that well. And, and I was already starting to feel that insecurity of like, I hope he knows that I'm trying. I hope he knows that I'm trying to, um, reach our goal that we had together and, and that I, um, and that that's important to me. Um, and that all these distractions back at home, I hope it's not conveying that, it, that the goals that we had aren't important. So I was already just, even in the past few weeks, starting to feel that like, wow, like he's just taken off and I'm, and he's doing so well and he's been so intentional. And I'm like, (laughs) well, don't worry. I've eaten my crap the last two days, especially since I got the package of candy that you sent to me. It was my way of sabotaging and bringing you back to my level. (laughs) No, but here's the deal. I mean, as you go through life, um, I remember when we were doing the training with the Franklin Covey team with John and Jane Covey, you remember them? Yeah. And the thing that she came up with, golly, that was back in St. Louis, 2013, maybe, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and uh, it was, you know, thir- 2013 was a rough year coming right off that second deployment. And her saying, you know what, life moves in seasons. And it was almost like a light went off for you yeah. to think, oh, my gosh, like, I did not know I had the permission to be in a different season of my life. And you've used that, you know, for the last seven years. And so you've got to, you have to, and then anybody that's in a different place has to give themselves the permission and the grace to be in a different season. So that's number one, be in a different season and that's okay. The pace is going to be different. There'll be days where I definitely won't have time to take care of myself because I'll be busy taking care of others in the mission. And that's a great joy. It's just when you have the moments You take the moment when you don't, you give yourself the grace and you move forward. Okay. So not having that, that, that huge lofty thing. The second thing is you were talking about ripping the bandaid and being separate. Um, One thing that Esther Perel, like I started following her on Facebook. So Esther Perel has a book called mating in captivity. And one of the big things is that for couples that become so enmeshed where they're constantly living around one another and they're just like so glued into one another, which is kind of how I operated when we first got married, let's be honest. Um, you, you begin to lose that chemistry because there's not that distance. There's not, uh, there's not a space for the electrons to jump across. Mm-hmm. So distance, if you're intentional with your thought life and your actions can become a place where you rekindle that chemistry. And so as we've been going through our shared journal online to be able to, um, to consider like, like what's going, you know, doing that self check-in every day when I first wake up at six o'clock of what's going on in me. And I'll flip back through, you know, pictures of us from years ago and I'll, I'll have a thought and then start journaling about it. But for me, it rekindles that chemistry that when I come home, get to celebrate because it's, you know, we, you stay connected with your mind, you stay connected with your heart, and then eventually you're able to physically reconnect and enjoy that, enjoy that the distance is no longer there. So I think you just have to be graceful. Well, and I'm definitely, um, I'm, I've definitely had to kind of figure out, 
um, what works for me when, right? Like saving, Mm -hmm. um, saving writing to you for late at night when the world stops does not work because my brain is not going to give my best to you. Right. And Mm -hmm. so it's really, and I tried the middle of the day Mm -hmm. I tried like, you know, after I had really woken up and, and things would sabotage that. And so it's taken me a while to kind of find like, where is my best time, my most intentional time. And that's Mm -hmm. also something that Esther Perel talks about as far as, um, not giving your best to the world to work. And you've got Mm -hmm. to save, um, some of your best for your relationship. And so that's always stood Mm -hmm. out to me too. It's like, I don't want to give you my leftovers, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I want to give you my best and, and every, everything else comes second. And so I think we probably need to share with everybody, um, the tool that we're using, Um, Mm -hmm. And Matt, I'll let you explain what you found that it can um, do, but it's called the day one journal app. And so um, it's on my phone and I have the, it's also on my laptop and you've got it on your iPad there. We've logged into the same account um, from Mm -hmm. what I'm tracking. Right. And it gives us the ability to um, write journal entries to each other in that same account. Um, you know, so it's almost, so we're just sharing a diary, if you will. Um, but it also yeah. has some great ways we can add pictures and you, you had a video mm-hmm. in there too, um, that mm-hmm. just slayed me, um, one day, um, in, in the best way. And so, um, share with everybody as far as why you picked that one and what we intend to do with it. So, um, when I first got on this deployment, you know, it's been our first one in about seven, seven or eight years. So I kind of knew it was time. I was sitting on a bunch of dwell time. And, uh, and then I started going back and finding emails from previous deployments, you know, just looking back and seeing how that was part of what I did in quarantine was just sit there and flip through emails. Like, hey, we, we have a treasure trove of our journey and our story and, um, our, uh, what do you call them? The little books, you make them, they're in Michael's, you put Scrap pictures book. in there. Scrapbook. Thanks. It's like, for me, I, if you're over 40, Admit that you play $25,000 pyramid with yourself sometimes, okay? Where it's like, it's a thing and it's a, it's a scrapbook. Next. All right. So um, it's a place where you put cold things and at the top, it's really cold. It's a refrigerator. Next. So um, I kept thinking, you know, what would it be like if you didn't have to like go through emails and you could actually see? So for me, it was very much like a modern day exchange of letters and letter writing to one another just kind of a a throwback to world war ii of that exchange of mail and everybody loves mail but um just using a new thing so you can put in hyperlinks so i I put in a um uh, i was talking about a christmas song with Corey, and i found a great version of it on youtube it was a piano and a cello and then when i dropped the link in there all of a sudden the video was in there and so you can actually watch the video in there so you can it will, um, if you ask it, it will give you prompts for each day of what to write. And it gives you different ways to begin to, and I found this out in the last week and probably been abusing it too much. It gives you different ways to format the text. And so what the cool thing is for me is that at the end of all this, when we finally get back together, I can hit send and print and it will actually create a book. And so we will have a book of our thoughts from this deployment. And so what it is, it's a, it's an opportunity every day for me to just kind of journal of what yesterday was like, how I felt and what I thought about it. And then what I'm, what, you know, what I'm about to go encounter during this day or just little poignant moments. And so one of the key things that, that we learned early on in our marriage, especially from a counselor is that good marriages are made up of positive shared experiences. And if you talk about Gottman, Gottman would say for every negative one experience, you need to have five positive experiences. And one of the things I was reminded of by looking back into our old emails was that we did have some negative experiences where we were just, we would argue on the phone and then in the email, we're like, hey, I'm sorry for, you know, being a butthole on the phone. I had X, Y, and Z going on. And I didn't remember those negative things. But there were several of the positive emails. I was like, I remember reading this. I remember seeing this. And so it was both a look what we survived through when we were apart initially. But it was also a look who we are now in light of all that. And, you know, you and I have had this thought process of that we don't enact as much as we probably should. We're like, what would the 90-year-old versions of ourselves say to us when we're in the middle of an argument? And, um, you know, sometimes it makes us just laugh. We're like, cause we're idiots. Cause you don't want to waste that day. You don't want to waste the time, especially when days 
are taken away from you, you know, and you don't have that, that physical contact to hold hands and open doors and then, you know, snuggle when you go to bed. And so when you don't have those opportunities, you don't want to waste it. And so, uh, just remembering as much as possible the positive moments and documenting those so that you can go back and look at what you've survived and be encouraged about it. So that's what we've been doing. And, you know, we enter into the journal and, uh, and you can go in, you can put an entry in there, you can come back and revisit it. Um, it will actually do audio dictation. So if you're, you know, if you're sitting there with a little baby and you just want to do audio dictation while you're letting that little baby go to sleep, um, babies love hearing parent voices. They go to sleep because it calms and soothes them. So you can actually dictate what's going on in your world if you wanted to. So, yeah. And there's also, for those of you who, um, are in the Navy, let's say, and, or you're, you've got a spouse that's literally going off the grid and they're not able to do a daily journal, right? This is something that, um, mm -hmm. once they come back into like having Wi-Fi or get back into port or something like that, um, that it will populate everything that you've been writing. And, and I know that that might seem yep. like that's overwhelming to a service member, but, um, mm -hmm. I've, I know Matt has shared with me, like he, he wants to know what's going on so he can feel like he's involved. And I know when I was overseas and doing that very short trip compared to a deployment, you know, when you would email me and because we were on that different time zone and you would email me and tell me what was happening with the boys. I was like, I'm so, I remember thinking to myself, I'm so glad that you wrote me all of that. Number one, because I, I feel like I'm not missing something and it takes a little bit of that guilt away because mm -hmm. I'm uh, aware of what's happening. Um, but I also appreciated the fact that I could come back to that email and read it again in case I like missed anything. Um, I could mm -hmm. like really intentionally at a different time, come back and read through it again. And so I was really thankful mm -hmm. for those details. And so I know it might seem yeah. overwhelming to, to write a journal every day or every other day and your spouse suddenly get like 20 of those at once. But again, I think it's about like recording your story as a couple. And I don't know for, you can answer this Matt, but for me, um, I would come back to that situation feeling like I was missed and I was thought of and, and that's still mm -hmm. something worth like reading through as I would have the time to read through it, even if I wasn't able to contribute. Um, and I know it can feel like it can feel difficult and it doesn't mean, I guess that that service member who's off the grid can't write, you know, yep. and then upload those, um, when they do get back to port. And so it does kind of all sync eventually, you know? Yeah. Here's what I think, and I would equate it to this. Just, you know, um, if you don't think it matters to document what you're going through on a day-to-day -day basis, I'll, I'll, I'll mention two aspects. One, just go over to your bookshelf, find your favorite book, and then randomly rip pages out. Mm -hmm. And then try and make sense of the story when there are huge pit pieces of that picture that are missing. So what I wish I would have done is I wish that I would have journaled a whole lot more than I have during the course of our marriage and our journey, just so I could be able to go, okay, here's how I got to here, um, both for myself and also for the boys. Um, we live so much of our life uh, through our own eyes and our own experience, you begin to forget, oh yeah, like the kids never knew that I used to teach rock climbing or that I used to do pottery. And you're like, hey, do you know that I almost went to art school? And the kids are like, what? Yeah, you're artistic. Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. That was like a used to be a thing before being an adult happened. So, well, you know, um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. D go ahead and finish. So there's that. But then uh, then I forgot the second thing. That it was, was, my it was really important. No, it's OK. Believe me. As I was talking, I was like, I said two things. The second thing was a really <laughs> good thing. But I forgot. You'll get back to it. Well, well, I do. I do want to address the couple of questions that are in the chat um, that apply to yeah. this whole journal thing, because I, I can definitely answer those because Brittany was asking about, you know, what about journaling the tough moments? And this happened to me very early on into our journaling, um, to, you know, she says, I feel guilty sharing when I'm having a tough time. She feels guilty sharing it with her husband because I don't want to want it to negatively impact his mindset. And I, I felt that one day because we had gotten this really good start to this whole journaling thing and how we missed each other and loved each other. And here's what, how, what we're doing, how it's going well. And then I hit like a really tough day and I was like, I have nothing good to say. <laughs> like, I really am having a tough time keeping that, um, 
I call it, you know, we tend to like have our own personal battles on the inside. And I really do believe in marriage. There are great days for us to um, fight that battle on our own. And we should do the strength training in our lives to be able to fight those internal Mm -hmm. battles. But I really do believe that in marriage, sometimes we have to take those battles to our spouse and that they're there to help us with those battles. And so Brittany, to answer your question, I, I just was honest because I, I really thought that, um, you know, if we're going to document what this experience was like, and I imagined, you know, if my boys ever read this someday when we're long gone, you know, I don't want them to read the story of our marriage as if we never had issues or we never had a bad Mm -hmm. day or, um, and so I, I mean, I, I did it appropriately and I just kind of shared from my heart, like, this is a tough day and, um, I'm really struggling. I'm on the struggle bus today. (laughs) And I'm, and I even said in the journal entry that day, I was like, I'm so, I said the same thing you said, Brittany, I'm so sorry. Cause I know that I want this to be like a good thing every day, but Um, And I don't even remember now what the day was, Um, but I just was really having a hard time. I think actually it had to do with all the COVID stuff because we have had to make the conservative decision to bring our boys back home. We have a high risk um, son. And so they're home and not in school. And I'm watching the whole world, you know, it's not the whole world, but a lot of people just enjoy their freedom. And so I was just really struggling that day and being honest about like the tough decision that we've had to make and during a deployment too. And, and I love the fact that Matt wrote back encouragement on that and the permission to not feel like I I had to hide that and that that doesn't, it actually made him feel more connected to what was going on in me and his ability to invest as if he was right here with me and encourage me like he would any other day. Um, and I also, before you respond to that, Matt, I also want to speak to um, what um, I believe um, another spouse was mentioning, feeling like you have nothing to write about. And I also have had that experience because while he's ex- you know talking about you know f- new food that he's trying or conversations with interesting people that he's deployed with right now, I also feel like our world in this house is the same you know schedule every day. And I was running out of things to say in, in, a, in a way. And so I appreciated the prompts that the journal has um, and being mm-hmm. able to just, you know, um, I think for me to, if I would answer that question, I really just had to go, you know what? I do have something to say if I slow myself down long enough to not think about, um, necessarily my schedule and what happened in the day. It's kind of like what Matt said about going back to those old pictures, going back to those old emails and letting things rekindle within you and really kind of slowing myself down long enough to go, you know what? I'm just gonna, it's almost like, I don't want to use the word meditate because that freaks, freaks people out sometimes, but it's really just Mm -hmm. thoughtfully thinking about your relationship, thinking about him. I know in the journal entry that I did this morning, Mm -hmm. I did remember, you know, how much he's, he's that artist at heart, you know? And so I was, I kind of spoke to that and really just told him how thankful I was that he is like that for him to enjoy the art of being in a different country and, and not him not feeling guilty about that, to have whatever experiences he needs to have over there. And seeing the beauty in that. And so I think it really comes down to getting outside of thinking that this is just an update of what we did each day and really slowing down long enough right, to right. into the relationship and tend to the person. Yeah. So it, it, it becomes a, an exercise in thoughtful intentionality um, to be able to sit and think and consider uh, we live in a world where most of our interactions are quick paced. Um, we've moved away from even like long drawn out descriptive emails to quick texts. Um, even when we apologize to people, Hey, I'm sorry. Hey, forgive me. You know, I'm sorry. Blah, blah, blah. All right, let's move on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And so for me, the journaling has actually slowed me down and begin to incrementally think about the things about you that I'm incredibly grateful for the things that I want, the ways that I'm watching you grow. Um, by, by, by me not being there, you know, by you having to, to carry all this. And it reminds me of like, so three things that you, that I was thinking when you were, when you were talking, number one, adversity grows people, (laughs) adversity grows people. So as much as I may want to make your life easy, I know that if you tackle the challenges of the day, you're going to be a better person. And I want that not just for us and our marriage and our family, but I definitely want that for you. And you deserve to be that kind of person. So 
while I may want to help solve your problems, and there's some that I can, like I can order the stocking stuffers on Amazon and have those sent home. So I can do those little, you know, ankle biters, but then just getting through, you know, um, the grinding it out day after day after day, you're going to have to do that. And I remember who you were after the first deployment took some getting used to and getting adjusted, but I was actually very grateful that I no longer had to like make all decisions or you didn't have to run things by me. And I was like, great. You know, I have decision fatigue from work. Um, the fact that you've got things up and going, it feels like I can just kind of jump back on the train and, and we keep going. So adversity grows people. Um, the second thing is, is feeling powerless can remind us to be grateful of those things that we do have power and influence over. And then we can become to, we can then become creative. Like, so if there are things in your world that I, I totally can't impact, I, I can't, you know, you know, make breakfast for the boys, but if I have an opportunity to order food and have it sent to you and surprise you, then I can do that. Probably don't want me to surprise you with dinner when you've made dinner, but like, you know, if it's just overstocking your house with groceries, I can do that. And so you become creative for the things that you can impact and you can influence that you forget over time. And the last thing is, is great marriages aren't made by only great times. Mm-hmm. And too many people want to say that the, the mark of a truly great marriage is that there's no difficulty, there's no argument, and there's no opportunities for growth. That is just just everybody's happy and smiling. Those marriages don't exist. They actually don't even exist in romantic comedies. Um, they don't exist anywhere. Um, so when you're when you're having that difficulty, when you personally are having a difficulty, and I have to be on the struggle bus with not being able to impact that, or vice versa, if I'm having a difficult time, and you just want to come alongside and comfort me and can't do that from far away, you have to just kind of turn me over to let, let me grow through that adversity. So a couple things, adversity, three things, adversity grows people. So embrace it. Okay. If you want to become better, you have to accept struggle. That's just a fact of life. Um, feeling powerless can remind you to be grateful, but it can also trigger creativity in your marriage. And last great marriages, they aren't made only by great times. So when those difficult times come forward, know that that's only for a season. It may be for a few hours, it may be for a few days or even a week or a month, but that season will pass. And on the other side, you're going to be a much better person because of it. So don't be afraid to share the difficulty you're struggling with, because who knows, you may be the person that goes back and reads it to know what you were able to gut out, to grind through and to survive in that moment, because I can guarantee it's not going to be your last tough moment. For sure. For sure. And so, and honestly, you, I mean, you kind of had a couple of um, bumps there too. And I, and I remember you saying like, I'm sorry, you know, I don't, I don't mean to bring this on you. And it was the same reaction. Like it was like, no, I want to know what you're going through and how I can be that person for you. Because I honestly sharing those Mm -hmm. struggles um, is, is part of the connection. Like if, if all he ever hears from me is I'm doing great, then he feels like he's not needed and it doesn't matter that he's gone. Absolutely. Yeah. Now the difference is like, if I was day after day, uh, making him feel powerless and guilty, you know, for his job and that um, him being taken away, I think that becomes unproductive. And that's what a lot of service members shared with me when I went overseas was, you know, I want to know what's going on, but if there are things that are going to make me feel powerless, like Mm-hmm. Of our first deployment, I had a car wreck like that really freaked Matt out. There was nothing he could do. Um, and I, I, and you know what mental note, if you, if that happens, the first thing you do, you should not send the picture of the car. Like that was not helpful sure, to him, sure, sure, but yeah. um, exactly. that's what a lot of service members said is like, you know, if it's something that really makes them feel powerless, that's, that's really a tough situation to put them in. So if it's something mm-hmm. that I can like, I know he can't do, um, it's good for me to be able to do what I can on my own, call in support, call in help. I I shared in the last webinar, the first night, I didn't even get through the first day of deployment without getting so ill that I had to call in support to pick up our son from work. And that was not something he could help me with. 
There was nothing Matt could do from where he was, but me being able to say, I called for help. Somebody's going to take care of that situation. Everybody's fine, but I want you to know what's going on. Like, I think that's what a lot of service members said. Like if you can let us know that you're handling it so that we're not like freaking out from a distance and there's nothing we can do about it. Um, yeah. Okay. So we want to walk you guys through a tool of how you guys can stay connected. And we're going to model, we're not going to model it. We're actually going to do it um, for each other here. It's called the five minute check-in where um, it's been, I developed it over the years. Matt and I actually kind of worked on it together over the years because we had so many couples that are just like passing like ships in the night and like not really Mm -hmm. um, getting a good way to check in with each other. And I think a lot of, I'm going to just kind of stereotype here, a lot of men, a lot of service service members that are men, um, really get intimidated when the counselor is asking them to communicate more and share feelings and stuff. And a lot of times we think it needs to be this really in-depth, um, emotionally exhausting conversation. And I know for some women out there, that's what you would love to have. Um, but that can be hard to do in a marriage, especially when you're apart. And so, Mm-hmm. Um, over time, I created what's called the five minute check-in because I found that uh, most of the time misunderstandings, um, and assumptions come from when we are not communicating what's going on in the other person's world. Mm-hmm. And so then we just start guessing as a couple because nobody's communicating mm-hmm. anything. And so, um, this literally takes five minutes. I mean, sure. If you want to take more than that and that's your relationship, great. Like Matt and I can have a three hour conversation. No, no problem. Um, but like, for a lot of couples, that's intimidating. And so I'm going to screen share what this looks like. And Matt, you and I are going to go through it together just to, and you've got this in your handout. If you, um, you got it in your email before the event. Um, and so it's there in your worksheets, um, for you to follow along, but I'm also going to screen share what this looks like. And really this is, um, it also applies to what we're going to be talking about also today is like, okay, what about the holidays? Like, what are we going to do with connecting and trying to do the holiday thing? Um, so stick with us because I also wanted to give you a tool um, that you can apply even if you're apart and even if it's just over the phone and you have a few minutes, um, but you don't have time for a long, lengthy conversations like what I put my husband through. So, <laughs> okay. Put me through. I'm the extrovert. <laughs> I know, but so, you know, sometimes I can like just dump information <laughs> at you as a way of getting it out of my head. Okay. So this is called literally the five minute check-in and there's four questions. Can you see that, Matt? Yep. Are you able to, okay. It's literally, um, four questions and the whole goal of the four questions is for you to answer them in one to two sentences. Okay. It's not more complicated than that. And, you know, a lot of people, um, if you've ever gone through a marriage retreat, maybe your chaplain's got taken you through a marriage retreat. Maybe you've heard of the speaker listener technique where you reflect back and you say word for word, what you heard that person say, we, we do, we push that aside on this one. Like this is literally, you can, each person can go through all four questions and then you swap. Um, and you should be able to get in sync with each other um, in in these four questions. So Matt, do you want me to go first or do you want to try it first? You can go first. Okay. So um, the number one question is, and this is what I would love for you guys to do in the chat box. And so I want you guys to participate. And I know this is a vulnerable thing to ask you guys to do. Um, I can't see the chat. Matt can probably see it. Um, But I I want you guys, you can or you can't see it. No, I don't have it on. Okay. So I'll come back to the chat here in just a minute, but I want you guys to do this with me. If you're willing to um, be vulnerable and do it with me, because you'll learn a lot about yourself when you give yourself a chance to answer these questions. And I think you're also going to find that those of you who are participating today, that you all probably are having similar thoughts and feelings, and it's nice to have that validated. So, um, First question is, what are you physically feeling? Literally what's happening in your body. Um, Think about the times you've woken up and had a really rough night of sleep and you just are stomping down the stairs, or maybe you shut the refrigerator door just a little too loudly, but your spouse doesn't know that you had a rough night of sleep, right? Or if you come in and and you just stomp through the door and you've had a rough day at work, you know, your spouse doesn't know that 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 has something to do with what happened at work. And we can tend to make assumptions um, in our marriage to go, it must be me or he's angry with me or is she upset, you know, and, and by just saying physically what's going on, it can clear a lot of that up. So for me physically, um, I'm tired. I haven't been getting great sleep since you left. Um, 
I think that's normal for me when you leave. Like I tend to go to bed later. Um, I tend to have a hard time falling asleep. I hear a lot of spouses say that, like, um, you know, when you're here, like we could go to bed at nine, nine 30 and I can fall asleep. And, and that's always been important to us. We tend to go to bed at the same time. Um, but now that you're gone, like I'm, I'm not only am I having a hard time falling asleep, but I'm staying up later than I want to. It takes me a lot longer to wind down from the day. And so I'm, I think I'm tired and I, that's my goal next week is to try to get back to a better schedule on that. Um, two, um, what are your thoughts? So this is, um, now two and three tend to get mixed up. A lot of people, um, confuse thoughts and emotions, and that's why they're two separate questions. And I, again, I can't see your chat, so I'm gonna have to go back and look at it here in just a minute, but, um, I'd like to know if you guys are willing to answer it in the chat is anxiety and worrying a thought or a feeling. So put that in the chat. If you think anxiety is a thought or a feeling, um, so my thoughts lately, whether it's been this week or just today, I'm really glad that it's Friday. I'm really, uh, I've been thinking about how I want to just kind of circle the wagons for t- this weekend and just really focus on the boys. It's been a lot of, um, like getting ready for Christmas has been a lot on my plate. Like I really, it was, I was trying to get packages out to you and packages out to family since we're not going to see them. And so I, I've had too many thoughts, Matt, what was it you used to say all the time? Like too, too many minds happening. No, from, uh, the last samurai, I think yeah. with, uh, with Tom Cruise, where he's trying to focus on whatever he's doing. And the guy says too many mind. He's like, you're talking about all the things that you're, you're being overly mindful of. Yeah. So too many mind. And that's where my brain has been. Like, I feel like I turn one way and I have to go down a black hole of thought and then I get sucked into another black hole with work of thought. And then my kids need me to, for something. And so then I have to really concentrate on that. And so my mind has just been so full. I think I'm overwhelmed on that. Emotions. Um, I think today I'm, I'm a little bit on the struggle bus. (laughs) Like I think, um, I'm hearing, um, our family members are struggling with the fact that we're not coming home for Christmas. That's hard to hear. And I saw, you know, some of you guys put in the chat thread, um, how do you, how do you convey to family members, um, that Christmas is just not going to be what it normally is and helping, helping them even understand what the holidays need to be for you as a military family, um, is hard. And so I'm feeling all the emotions of, I feel like everybody around me and the kids and, So I think emotionally I'm overwhelmed too, um, of just hearing the weight of, um, the holidays and, um, and I can't make it better. Like I can't make it better for family members. I can't feel like I can't make it better for the kids. Um, other than like trying to make it feel like Christmas, um, which is also taking a lot of energy. Um, and so number four, um, is what do you need? And this is super important guys that you express that we don't forget this one. Cause we, we tend to do one, we tend to do two and three only when we communicate with our spouse, I think in marriage. Um, but we fail to tell what we're physically feeling and how that impacts us. And we always forget, like, what do you need? Um, and sometimes I think we're afraid to say what we need, um, as if that's going to be too much for somebody to hear. And so sometimes expressing what you need is what you can only do for yourself. Um, and sometimes it's actually being able to say, I need your help. <laughs> like, and here's how you can help me. And this is, or here's an opportunity for you to help me. And so I think what I need, um, I think for myself, um, I think later today, I'm literally going to um, turn off all the screens except for maybe the TV. <laughs> and I'm going to um, finish, you know, some chores around the house and just kind of turn on some Christmas music. And I think I need to turn off the world a little bit, um, is what I need. And I think that um, I think from you, Matt, what I need is um, just I like kind of like that one-on-one check-in after the webinar. You know, I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to just talking with you because it's the kind of um, a good chance for us to say good night before you go to sleep. I'm I'm really looking forward to just connecting with you just one-on-one, and and that will be really good for my soul to just kind of like, whew, there's been a lot happening, and I'm looking forward to just connecting with you that way, because you've all, like you said before, you've just done some great things. You've helped with stocking stuffers and like, there's little things like that, that you've really taken off my lists. And, um, cause I have more than one list <laughs> and that's been um, really helpful. And so in a lot of ways, you really did help with some things that I needed earlier this week. Um, and so I think that's something that you can do for me that I'm looking forward to. 
So here's where we switch. Um, and by the way, the bottom of this says they can't win if, if they don't know, like by expressing what you need, um, he knows what's going on within me and there's things he can do and there's things that he can't do. And, and the things that he can't help me with are, are things that he can encourage me on, but at least he knows. Um, and I'm giving him those opportunities to get it right um, by um, by helping out where he can. And everybody wants to win in marriage. I think we're all trying to do the best we can. And that's the goal of this is to give everybody an opportunity to win. Next time on the Life Giver Podcast. This is not going to be the way that it's going to be next year. So begin to make decisions for yourself what life is going to look like when you get on the other side of this so that it gives the difficulty you're currently in meaning and purpose. And it goes back to that make it count aspect. If you give it meaning and purpose, um, it makes it a whole lot easier to, to really grind it out and get to the other side of it. Thank you for listening to the Life Giver Podcast. If you're enjoying these episodes, please share the podcast with other service couples that may benefit from the show. If you'd like more information about me or Life Giver, head on over to coreyweathers.com or life-giver.org.